This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Hey, Sam. How's it? It's going very well. Have you dried out yet? Yes, we've got, we have had a day of absolute beautiful sunshine. Hopefully our neighbours in Napier have had the same. Um, boy, did we get a good uh, introduction to a wet summer this last few days. It, but isn't it always sunny in Fakatani? <laughs> yep, except when we're having an introduction to a wet summer. It's going to be a summer of cyclones, I think. They're, they're already um, talking heaps in our local media about the um, cyclone alerts. And so I think that the powers that be have decided that we're going to have a high-risk summer this year. And who are we introducing today? Oh, we are introducing today someone very fun and smart and important in the world. Um, Amadeo Enriquez Balestero, he is amazing. He's a science communicator. And this year he's put on the Big Science Show, which was an exploration of big explosions using light, lasers, fire and ice, from the Big Bang Theory to the Cambrian explosion to the invention of the combustion engine. And oh my gosh, Sam, that sounds like it was the coolest, amazing event ever. So I wish I was there. And you need to come to Fakatani and do it now. <laughs> Welcome. That would be amazing. Uh, hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, great to be here. I can tell you, Mawera, that anybody in Otago, anyone who has been a kid in the last 10 or so years or has had kids in the last 10 or so years, if you ask them who are the greatest educators in the in the region, you are guaranteed that they will say two people. They will say Tahu Mackenzie, who is our very own Tahu Mackenzie, and Amadeo. Amadeo has has <laughs> influenced a lot of people, inspired a lot of people. Tahu is amazing. I keep thinking about how much he does too. So yeah, I'm I'm honoured to be put in the same level. <laughs> so how was your lockdown? Um, amazing. Actually, uh, it's funny because uh, I mean, I keep uh, originally I'm from Spain, so I I keep comparing what we are going through here in New Zealand to what's happening in Spain, and there's there's n- no comparison really. I mean, we are so lucky here in New Zealand, and even throughout lockdown, uh, things are so well taken care of that it's just unimaginable, uh, unimaginable, oh, what's the word, unimaginable um, 
to think what others around the world are, are going through. So um, because of that comparison, I'd say uh, in New Zealand, lockdown um, was amazing. Uh, and taking uh, into account all the frustrations that came with it, um, it went well. Yeah. So who was in your bubble? Just my partner. So we were at home. Um, and it's funny because we did a lot of stuff that since we came out of lockdown, we haven't really done much. So uh, now comes, you know, we were speaking about the new normal. And since we went out of lockdown, we, we've kind of raced back to the way we did things. And there are a few things that we still have carried, but not as much. Um, lockdown has become for us, for myself and my partner, in a way, um, a reference of how we should be doing things at home, how we should be doing cooking, how we should be taking care of ourselves um, in a way that usually we wouldn't have. Um, so, yeah, in, in that sense, I find lockdown actually showed us a new wor- way of being that was quite good because otherwise we live very busy lives and um, yeah, we were neglecting a lot of good stuff that way. Were you working? I was actually, yeah. So um, mostly I'm working for the Otago Museum here in Dunedin. And we kept doing, we kind of shifted for the Otago Museum. I do um, all, all the outreach shows. So I go to schools, I go to community events, and none of that happened but we moved online. So I started doing a lot of shows online and we were posting weekly a lot of material that we were filming on, uh, at home. So that kept, uh, kept us busy. And then I teach as well in some schools and that as well kept uh, going online. So it was still busy, but somehow still, um, well, we had a lot of time to care for things that we usually wouldn't have here at home. I did a lot of I did a lot of gardening. I did a lot of cooking, <laughs> and and I do like all those things. I tidied everything at home. <laughs> did you Did you get out and get some exercise? Yes, as well. We are lucky here because we live really close to a park, so we'd go to that park daily. And um, uh, well, when we could go to the park, otherwise we've got a garden too, and and we. We did spend a lot of time out outdoors. Um, so yeah, I felt I missed my my main sport really is swimming, and I really missed the pool. One of the first places I went to as soon as we went out of lockdown was the pool, and I did miss that. But yeah, otherwise moving around, um, we did take care of doing that around uh, at least our garden. You've set yourself an interesting challenge of diving. Oh yes, well that's one of my biggest fears. Since I was a child, um, heights, it really is just heights. So here in Dunedin, we've got Moana pool and they've got a, a diving pool um, with many levels up to 10 meters. And I've been working my way up towards the 10 meter. <laughs> so I'm on the five at the moment. I'm halfway through um, getting over my fear of heights. Yes. I'm going to take... They might be giants, and let's have You're On Fire. Awesome. Hi, I forgot your name. 
Amadeo does on a regular basis is blow stuff up in front of in front of crowds of small children. That's so cool. <laughs> that is the coolest thing. <laughs> we we need our kids to love science, and that's how we get yeah. them to love science. And to the only way to counteract all of this nonsense conspiracy yep. theory rubbish is to get kids to think with a science mind. We can totally speak about that, yeah, because that's important, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. really what what gets me going and doing what I've done for so many years is just thinking about that. So So you're not just blowing stuff up for the sake of it. What's the what's the goal? Well, <laughs> I've got to be careful with the blowing stuff up because I actually don't particularly like it much myself, but I've ended um, having this role in where I need to engage. And that's the first thing that I am aiming to, engage absolutely everyone and especially engage those that might be drifting away from thinking that science is for them. And I guess over the years, it's explosions that have made me famous in a way because I have kept doing them. And I've kept doing them because they are a really good way to engage 
for a start. A start of the show, uh, I do something, and then I can, I can throw some more important messages that come with that. But yeah, my main goal with the explosions is to engage. I, I actually came to New Zealand to study paleontology. So I like nature. I like uh, going out there to find about where life comes from. And it's interesting because when I sometimes introduce myself as a paleontologist, as a person that cares about uh, nature and life and animals, sometimes I've asked um, little kids, so uh, I like biology and biology is about animals. So what do biologists do? I remember once a kid saying, well, I blow things up, so maybe blow things, blow animals up. And I was like, no, that's not what I mean. And so I'm known <laughs> to um, blow things up and <laughs> I care for animals. But that, yeah, the explosive side of things is just that engagement that I, I want to have at the beginning. So how are those mower footprints going? Amazing. Uh, they are still there. If you are visiting Dunedin, do go to the Otago Museum at the top level. You can see the prints of what moas would have been like uh, a few million years ago. Um, and they're amazing just to see right there what the moa footprints uh, were like. Um, to me, uh, or for me actually as a paleontologist, um, those are still quite recent. I go back, when I think about life, I go back millions, many millions of years. So really, moas are quite a recent um, form of life. Um, yeah, and I guess there's been people that um, would have seen them even. So just imagining the past of where we come from, I think, is the, the yeah a cool way to look at fossils. Mawira said that one of the challenges we have is about getting people to think critically and, mm-hmm. and, and in, in this world of fake news. Yeah. Do, you, do you engage people in that directly or is it more of a let's just talk about the, the, the processes and how it's done right? Ooh, um, I think part of what I feel is important in science, though, there is a process and there is, uh, and th- there are all the facts that we find through science, of course, but, but also I think it's quite dangerous and I keep um, that in mind always to think you know something um, as a whole, kind of, like, yeah, I know this. As a scientist, I think I'm always open to disproving what I think is right. And so even though we have to use science to show how things are, I think it can backfire if then you think, and that, <laughs> and that has happened to me, uh, thinking that I knew something and teaching how I thought it was, and then realizing, well, I was wrong. So uh, I, I think science is really always being open to find more. And even the stories that we know will get better and better through science. But that means our facts are changing all the time as well. And they're getting better and closer to 
the truth, which we will never really get to because <laughs> there's always new things to find about. So uh, it's exciting. And it, to me, it's the only way to go. But it's also not the ultimate truth because that can't be known. You know, so we know climate change is real um, and we know it's happening. And, and there's things through science that we can know um, and improve. But yeah, I've seen scientists and even myself get kind of hooked onto some knowledge that then was not quite right. And so we are always, I think I, I always keep my mind open to finding and more about things. You know. Science is real. There's a fantastic dinosaur museum in Colorado. It might be in Utah. Very near the town of Dinosaur. We went to the town of Dinosaur because it's called Dinosaur. The streets are called okay. things like Tyrannosaurus Street and so on. Um, wow. But there's, 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 a, there's a town, I think it's called Vermeer. And I think it's the Dinosaur Museum in Vermeer. And they've done a really stunning job of telling the, not just the, here is this, what we know about dinosaurs, but telling the, the development of the understanding. So it's not a, this yeah. is it, fixed. It, it's almost exactly. like, you can almost see like the, the onion skin of the layers of developing understanding. Yeah, and I mean, we have an exhibition at the moment at the museum uh, that goes through the evolution of dinosaurs. We've got some models of how dinosaurs look like and T-Rex has feathers in this exhibition. So that, I mean, you wouldn't have thought so, but a lot of dinosaurs might have been like a parrot, beautifully colored. We imagine dinosaurs being green, like a reptile with scales, but we could be completely wrong. Um, and there's a lot of fossils that are being found that have shown that, yes, they were primitive fe uh, feathers, uh, but, but, I mean, yeah, imagine a fussy T-Rex, <laughs> a fluffy T-Rex. <laughs> that, that's more realistic than the ones we've seen in movies like Jurassic Park. So, yeah, dinosaurs will keep changing and getting more like they were. And as I said before, we might not really ever get to exactly how they looked like because we can't get them back. But we are getting closer. And how we thought dinosaurs were was wrong. Um, years ago so we, it, yeah science keeps making things better <laughs> in that sense are the kids interested in the science of covid well they've done a lot about it so it's something definitely that you can easily engage people with because it's relevant to all but I find, particularly here in New Zealand, we are very well educated with it. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, when we came out of lockdown, that was our focus in schools and in what we were doing at the museum. Now I think we are at a point at which we understand how we need to behave with this. And if there was another outbreak um, starting here in Dunedin, we know what to do. So education has become the norm in that we all know. And more will come, I'm sure. Again, with science, we keep learning more. But I feel we are not going through it as much as we were maybe a couple of months ago when we came out of the lockdown. As a science communicator, do you think that we've learned any lessons from the communication that's come from the the government? Wow. Uh, to me, the, the biggest lesson is what difference it makes to to be in what they've called uh, the team, like our team, the country one. We are in one team. And if we all do the right thing together, uh, amazing, it's amazing. I think that's a huge lesson to, to learn, to, through science again, understand what's happening and then behave accordingly all together and you see the results. Um, that as a, as a whole picture of what happened, I think has been one of the main things for me to realize. Um, but then there's also the little details as to how to be, um, uh, or like, I, I think we have become more aware of how to to be um, cleaner, I guess, and and how to take care of 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 like the whole. I mean, not that we didn't wash our hands before, not that we wouldn't um, care not to sneeze on someone, but. Even just the fact that we now can use masks and that is normal, that is fine. I find that quite um, amazing. And it's uh, some progress, I think, knowing that, yes, if I'm sick, I'm going to wear a mask. A few years ago, that would have been weird. But now it's, it's something that we've all learned and it's become the norm. And I think it's good. Particle man, particle man, doing the things a particle can. What's he like? It's not important. Particle man, is he a dot or is he a speck? When he's underwater, does he get wet? Or does the water get him instead? Nobody knows. Particle man. Triangle man, triangle man. Triangle man hates particle man. They have a fight. Triangle wins. Triangle man. Universe man, universe man, size of the entire universe man, usually kind to smaller man, universe man, he's got a watch with a minute hand, millennium hand, and a beyond hand, and when they meet it's a happy land, powerful man, universe man, person man, person man, hit on the head with a frying pan, lives his life in a garbage can. Person man, is he depressed or is he a mess? Does he feel totally worthless? Who came up with person man? Degraded man, person man. Triangle man, triangle man, triangle man hates person man. They have a fight, triangle wins.
assume that you're hearing from friends and family in Spain, and, and they got mm-hmm. it early, didn't they? And they got it quite, quite hard early on. Yeah. Yep. And and they are getting the second second wave right now. So they've just gone into another lockdown last week. Um, just very much like like the first one. In fact, in Madrid, where I come from, there's more cases now than than there were in the first lockdown. So things are worse in that sense. Um, there's not as many deaths as there were at the moment, um, but there's still a lot of people getting it. Uh, so so it's, it's dangerous, especially in the big cities. My parents have been lucky enough to be able to move away to a little village. If you're away from the city, it's, uh, I guess, easier because you're not locked in a little flat, which is where I'd live. Um, but yeah, no, they are they are going through the second lockdown now, and yeah, it's changed a little bit, but it's still still a lockdown. So people are really struggling there. Yeah. What's the messaging that they're getting? Is is it is similar to ours, or equivalent to ours, or is, are they taking a different approach? In the way they are doing the lockdown, or know? how they how are they describing it? Are, are they? Are they, are they saying the team of however many million Spainers? Oh, right. No, not at all. Yeah, no. It's frustrating in that sense because um, what seems to have gotten really bad over summer, because they just finished their summer, they are heading into winter now. Um, and, well, you know, in Spain, people spend a lot of time outdoors. And during summer, no matter where you go, people are in the streets and they are having parties and having late nights. Um, And so after the first lockdown, I think um, the elder generations were really good at staying at home. And it was the younger people that suddenly thought, well, it's not as risky for me. So they started going out, they started going to parties. And this second wave is hitting the young people mostly. So it's not the elder generations that are having the trouble anymore. It's and maybe that's why maybe there's less deaths because of that. But it is the younger generations that are really getting it now, and it's because they've they, they are even when they were um, saying it's no good to to do these massive parties, um, young people were doing it. I don't think there's been a whole sense of team like we have had here in New Zealand Uh, and I see the division is almost in in generations so the young people now are battling and there's as we speak there's protests in the street with young people complaining because they don't want to be in lockdown so there's a lot of division and that's not good (laughs) yeah Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui Dunedin's favourite goddess Tahu Mackenzie Kia ora koutou, nā mahi aroha nui, kia koutou, katahua hau. I hope you're all happy to stay beautiful superstar and beloved I don't know if you heard the beautiful chimings then, but this was Poirot knocking this big metal bowl that their water is in, making it chime like a Buddha singing bowl. Very amazing. So I hope that for all of you, you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. And you're having these miracles happening, like just here, reminding you of the constant magic and miracles that surround us, that all life is exempt, including of ourselves. And I really hope you've had a really, really wonderful day, feeling very loved and supported. 
and appreciate yourself on a new level. So I've had a wonderful day and of course, as we all know, my beautiful, beautiful hey hey, Mahuika, has had these eight fertile eggs and this morning I went out to Hey Hey HQ and the first baby had hatched. So as we all know, Mahuika goddess fire. Her first five children are named for the fingers of our hand. So the first child is Kornui, Thumb. And Kornui, who hatched, was a beautiful Barnvelder chick. I don't know if Kornui is a boy or a girl. I have a feeling that Kornui is a, a boy, in which case when he gets a bit older, he'll have to move out to the countryside because I'm not allowed to have roosters in town. But whether Kornui is a boy or a girl, very exciting to have this time with them for the next several months. And if, if a girl, forever. So I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to support Mahuika and her mothering abilities and her mothering style. Very protective mother. And so I've picked a lot today and over the time that she's been plucky and looking after the eggs. And I'm really, really hoping that there's going to be some more babies hatching. Unfortunately, one of the eggs didn't make it, which we can all understand sometimes. But that beautiful baby that didn't make has been ceremonially returned to the earth. And as we know, will transform into another life form. But Kornui is doing very well. I went and got him or her some lovely, specially formulated chip starter today. I have three different varieties. This is from Top. One organic, very fancy, and one medicated with a special antibiotic the chicks need. So I'm going to enjoy feeding with these rest of corner. And I went off to work today, obviously so euphoric to have met Cornwall's first baby. And, you know, it was wonderful for me, as it always is, to meet these lovely young people from Strathtyre School, some of whom I'd met over the years when they'd come with kindergartens and things like that. And really... I love my work, I love my job, it's my dream job and a big part of that is working with children and I would really recommend to everybody have the opportunity to work children, spend time with children because of course, just like the real world with the natural, they remind us who we are, what we can do, how we can feel, they return us home to that enthusiastic, exuberant, curious, passionate spontaneous, fun, joyful aspect of ourselves that never actually goes away. But obviously because of the construct, the human world that we have created, the cultural society that has also been created and developed, often that aspect of ourselves is squashed. And so it's just wonderful for me, you know, reconnecting every day with that part. And of course for all of us I know that there are aspects of our lives and our childhood that have been difficult. This is true for everybody. And so in working with children, we can really help to heal that aspect of ourselves that child. We can give these children best experience that can with time that we can remind them how absolute incredible all the, all that wonderful power for positive trend and their unique consciousness really honour and respect their consciousness to share their perspectives and to really share who they are and yes I feel very honoured and privileged to be able to do this work and I think everybody who has the opportunity to work with children with children lucky so I really hope for you you're having really positive interactions and honouring who you are and who people you choose to share with you and I'll look forward to thanks Kakiti. you're listening to Blowing Bubbles we're talking with Amadeo Enriquez Ballestero Amadeo, we've seen lots of societal changes over the last few months. What do you think is going to mm-hmm. stick and what do you hope will stick? 
what has stuck with me, which is amazing, because I've been 20 years in New Zealand here. I arrived to Dunedin in 1999, so it's gone a long way. Um, and I remember the first years I, I spent here in Dunedin. I remember the first year actually hardly being able to speak to my family. So going, I, I remember my mom in tears when I once called her because it had been months without speaking. We communicated as much as we can, could through emails. We wrote postcards. Technology is amazing these days because we can do what we are doing. Now we can connect from our bubble with a cell phone that was unthinkable 20 years ago. Uh, and even though we have had that technology in, in the last few years, I think it's been this pandemic that has brought us together in a way that has never uh, happened before. So I now <laughs> speak to my family more than ever before. Uh, we have our weekly uh, chats that can go for hours and it's become a norm to always be in touch. And I think that that's going to carry on. Uh, and that's amazing. So I feel really in touch with friends and family back in Spain and with people here as well. There's a sense of community that I think we've, we, we've, we haven't had before. And I think that's going to stay because we all like it. It's interesting how much we reformed communities when the, the notion of being together as a community was taken from us. We quite quickly found ways of, of, of being community. That's right. Yeah. And we became friends with our neighbors when we thought we hated them. And we, <laughs> we did things that were unthinkable. And, and that's really brought us together. So if one thing I think has changed and was to stay, I think that is the one. Uh, yeah. And then what I was speaking about before, the way we now know how best to take care of ourselves um, and give ourselves some time to be good to ourselves because we can get carried. I, I myself get carried away with work. My work is really in, engaging, particularly kids into science, and I can get carried away with that. And I can suddenly put myself into situations where I do that too much and I forget about, hey, well, I need a little bit of a, a rest. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was kind of like a wake-up call. And uh, at least being aware of that now is quite good. What lessons do you think we can take from the response to the pandemic for the sorts of longer-term intergenerational problems such as climate change or, or um, biodiversity or, or social inequity? Yeah, that's quite a sad um, thought for me in, in terms of what has happened, because when I say, well, after we went out of lockdown, things have gone kind of to the new normal, but yet I have still kept um, in touch with my family. And so that side of things have carried on. In terms of climate change and the environment, what we saw during the pandemic is the huge benefit that, for example, not burning fossil fuels has. So, I mean, Madrid, I saw photos of Madrid in where the air was clean. You could see from the city, the mountains. That has never happened in my lifetime. So we saw a huge improvement environmentally. And I feel now that we're back 
we have forgotten <laughs> a little bit about that. Um, and what I'd like to push uh, still now is to consciously remember that that happened and more now than before, um, try to go towards a future in where we are not using fossil fuels, in where we are giving the planet a break with all the things we do that are known to be bad for the environment. So obviously we did that well during the lockdown because we had no other way <laughs> we had to do that. And now we have a choice. And I think it will come. I think the new generations will and are already onto it. Um, so I am quite optimistic when I think about the future in that sense, because I see what the new generations are doing. Um, and even though I can think of a really horrible future where we just keep using fossil fuels and wasting the environment, well, I think the older generations have done that sometimes without knowing. I don't think the newer generations are going to be doing that. And technology changes fast, so I'm still optimistic in that things are going to improve. But yeah, um, in the last few months, it's scary to think that we maybe have gone back to how we were a bit, a, a bit too much. And we, we are not thinking about all the fossil fuels that we are burning. I mean, the use of plastic has come back more than before. Uh, you know, like in the supermarket, well, you want, I remember during the pandemic picking up vegetables that were in a bag of plastic just because then I wasn't touching the vegetables themselves. But that's bad. I don't want to use plastic, yet I was buying plastic. And I think that still carries on a bit. Marmalades from Scotland, rugs from Pakistan. Mexico has jumping beans and cars are from Japan. Clowns are from the circus, barking comes from dogs. Eggs come from a chicken and lock heavens come from logs. Tall buildings, New Jersey has its malls. Giza has a leaning tower, will it ever fall? The ocean has the fishes, London has a tower. In Holland, they have windmills, lots of bikes, and pretty flowers. Maybe if we can get the be kind message to be ad adopted more widely you've already talked about how we can have the it's not just about being kind to others it's about being good to ourselves maybe it's also about being good to the environment maybe if we can get that message out about totally. being kind yeah yes yeah and um especially in big cities i think that will be easy because the people have seen the effect that um the lockdown had in the environment and and we've seen that it's actually quite positive so we we need a a middle ground now where we are not in lockdown but we are still uh, caring for the environment and it is that care yeah care for ourselves care for people and care for the world that's the most important thing and i do think that um the new generations are on the right track and the old generations have to 
allow the new generations to take over. I think that's maybe what's stopping things from changing as fast as they could. Uh, those in power are not allowing um, the change to happen as fast as it should. With those new generations, when I go along and watch the school strike for climate, I'm seeing the the kids that mm-hmm. that I know, you know Henry's um, kids, and I you know I, I know that they're passionate about this. And then then there's another few thousand of them. It must be different for you because mm-hmm. you probably know all of those kids. Well, they all at least they at least they all know you. <laughs> and I do, yeah. And I, I I do see some really good work. I can refer to an exhibition that is going on for a few more weeks at the museum as well uh, about climate change. It's an exhibition that high school students have put together. Um, and it is connected to some of the groups like the Strike for Climate Change as well, which is all school-based. Um, and yes, when I see all this work that they are doing, I actually feel really good (laughs) so not only the strikes uh, just seeing how they behave uh, seeing them in school at home seeing them put together a whole exhibition on climate change that is amazing Uh, it actually tackles probably one of the hardest topics in climate change which is how politicians are behaving Uh, when when they came with the idea of doing a climate change exhibition I really thought they were going to choose to do the the usual, which is speaking about how we can do better to make the world a better place, we individually. But the exhibition is not about that. The exhibition is about how politicians make a huge difference and how we can make politicians make that difference by by becoming activists, by going to these climate uh, strikes, by writing submissions to the council and by being active uh, individually. So I encourage you, if you go to the Needham, check this exhibition um, because it does, it, it is quite uplifting to see how the young new generations are dealing with, with this. They call me Dr. Worm Good morning, how are you? I'm Dr. Worm I'm interested in things I'm not a Doctor, but I am a real worm. I am an actual worm. I live like a worm. I like to play the drums. I think I'm getting good, but I can handle criticism. I'll show you.
Dr. Worm. I'm interested in things. I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I am an actual worm. I live like a worm, and I like to play the drums. I think I'm getting good, but I can handle criticism. I'll show you what I know. You were talking about a new normal. Other people are talking about an opportunity for a reset or regeneration. How do you describe mm-hmm. the a positive future? Wow. Um, well, I mean, first, I think I need to point out that for that positive future, we have to listen to the younger generations because they they know what needs to happen and we just need to allow them to do it um i remember once thinking about the time uh, at which the um usa was planning to go to the moon and it was seen to be a completely impossible thing uh, especially by the older generation and it was actually mostly the young people that worked at NASA that came up with all the ways that eventually meant in a very short amount of time, well, they were able to go to the moon. We are in, the very sim- in a very similar situation now where it seems like it is impossible to fix the world and climate change. But the young generations are saying, yes, no, it is possible. Let's do this. Let's do-. We just have to actually allow them to do this. and then we are there. Uh, so if, if there's anything stopping a better future right now, that is <laughs> the older generations and politicians that are stopping what we know we have to do. And we know it through science and we know how to do it. We've got the technology um, and we actually have the money too. It just needs to be put in the right place. So I think, yeah, I, I see a good future and and that future is being already seen to happen in countries where they have gone for it. And if you if you think about countries that have put money into renewable energies and taking care of the environment, it's amazing what the what's happening in those countries really fast. Um, but we have to speaking about a big team in New Zealand, we have to see ourselves as a big team on Earth. We are one big team. It's not a country thing anymore. So we'll get there, I think. We've certainly seen during this pandemic that we can do stuff if we put our minds to it. So those young people are right. We can do it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. And they are doing it. It's only going to take longer or shorter in how we allow them to do it, really. So I have some questions to end the show with. And not very much time, so we shall have to be quick. What is the biggest <laughs> success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, biggest success. Uh, I would say um, 
being able to um, kind of widen my audience. For many years, I've been able to do what I do and enjoy what I do, but my audience has been maybe reduced to those that come to the museum, maybe encouraged by the fact that I do outreach now and I move a lot, even nationally. I, I think a success is that now I'm, I, I'm reaching out a lot more than I've ever done, and that feels really good. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in the team. What is the superpower that's got you into our mansion? Ooh. So I think if I had a think about a superpower would be um, the engagement side of things. I feel for things quite um, profoundly, I guess. And I see that when I feel things with an audience, that is like a ripple f- effect. Uh, so I get an audience feeling that way too. So my superpower is to get people feeling things that I feel uh, and engage in them in that sense. I, I I enjoy that. And I see that happens. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Definitely. Yeah. And I'd say, I mean, you can be an activist in many ways. My way is speaking up for what is right and yeah, just keeping the word going for science, for climate change, for those things that will make a, a difference in the world, yes. What motivates you? Um, I'm going to say my main motivation is, um, I, I think my memories of where I come from, my family, my mom, and seeing that the things that I struggled with as a kid are the same struggles that kids have nowadays. And so I put myself in their position and that keeps me going every every day. So my motivation really is um, that reference I have of where I come from and where we are going. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? I'm going to, oh, I, I, I can think of many. Probably the one thing that I would say is feel for what you do. Do what you feel. I think this whole idea of working on things that you have to work on and then maybe having hobbies that you love, I, I would challenge that. Make what you love your job and then... You won't need a holiday even, you know, and I think I do, I, I do try to do that myself. So do what you love and love what you do. Thank you very much for that. Moira. Um, I, I love your uh, fun science uh, online on YouTube. And um, I love that you are stimulating the imaginations of our children and in their imaginations lie the answers to all of the problems that plague us. Thank you for what you do. It matters so much. Kia ora. Thank you. Kia ora. Thank you. We've been talking about the kids taking over, so let's go out to They Might Be Giants, then the kids took over. 
Georgia, it seems it's warmer and warmer, and things have gone from strange to extreme. conservation no matter how small i even planted a tree now it's 12 feet tall you've been listening to blowing bubbles positive conversations with people in their bubbles their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic we're broadcast on otago access radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we had a contribution today from Tahu Mackenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and in Dunedin, Amadeo and Riquez Balastero. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.